Hello and welcome to Love Thy Lawyer, where we talk to real lawyers about their lives in and out of the practice of law, how they got to be lawyers, and what their experience has been. I'm Lewis Goodman, the host of the show, and yes, I'm a lawyer. Nobody's perfect. A true son of Alameda County, he has lived, worked, studied, played competitive sports, and raised a family in California. Now practicing criminal law with an emphasis on juvenile justice, he has substantial prosecutorial experience. With a ready smile and great courtroom presence, he effectively represents his clients in all stages of criminal proceedings. Dean Shotwell, welcome to Love Thy Lawyer. Good morning, Lou. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very happy that you're joining us today. Dean, where's your office located now? Located in Pleasanton. How long have you been there? In Pleasanton, about 20 years. Prior to that, I was in sharing office space in Livermore with an attorney by the name of James McGrail. The, the late, great James McGrail. Absolutely. You're from that area originally, aren't you? Uh, I am, yeah. I was uh, actually... Born in Livermore a long time ago, and uh, family moved to Pleasanton when I was about three years old and lived in Pleasanton primarily my whole life. Where'd you go to high school? I went to Amador Valley High School. And how was that experience for you? It was it was good. You know, the town has changed a lot over the years. It was a very small, primarily agricultural area at the time. But yeah, growing up in Pleasanton, it was a lot of fun. Tidian Amador was a lot of fun. I had a lot of history with the town and the school since my dad actually moved here. His family moved here in 1931. So all my uncles, my aunts, my dad, they all went to Amador. So a lot of history. And what sort of activities did you participate in when you were in high school? High school, well, I played uh, basketball and baseball primarily. Baseball was my main sport, but I played a little bit of basketball also. A little bit involvement in uh, student government. Well, you were like really a pretty good baseball player, weren't you? Decent. Yeah, decent enough to keep me interested for a while and keep me in school long enough for me to to grow up and mature and figure out that I I needed to emphasize or put a little more emphasis in my schoolwork to to end up in a profession that I, I wanted to spend some time in and have some passion for. What position did you play in? I was a pitcher uh, in college. So when you graduated from Amador, where did you go to college? First, I went to Chabot Community College. Primary focus was baseball. That was that that led me to Chabot. Very good baseball program there. Had uh, pretty good success as a team there. So you ultimately graduated from where? What college? Uh, Cal State uh, University, Sacramento. And where did you go to law school? I went to law school at uh, University of Pacific, McGeorge School of Law. Did you go directly from from college into McGeorge? I did, yes. I My undergrad took five years. I was two years at uh, Chabot and then three years at Sac State. And then when I graduated with my degree in criminal justice uh, from uh, Sac State, I went went straight to McGeorge. So how was that experience at McGeorge? It was very good. It was a very small law school. It's it's part of University of Pacific. 
out of Stockton, but the law school is actually in Sacramento. So that's heavy emphasis on government, a lot of ties to, you know, the state government, a lot of professors with ties to government. So it was it was a very good, good experience for me there. When did you first start thinking about going to law school? I kind of evolved. I was a criminal justice major, but I did not want to become in law enforcement per se. I then started thinking about uh, the FBI. Then I realized uh, to be a field agent, you needed primarily to have a law degree. And I figured, well, if I'm going to go to law school, I wasn't going to go to the FBI. Then my thoughts, Lee Steinberg spoke, I think it was my senior year of uh, college, I saw him speak. Lee Steinberg was a sports agent out of Cal Berkeley. So he gave a speech and then I thought about becoming a sports agent. And that's kind of what initially drove me to law school. And then in law school, I got very interested in trial work and the criminal justice part of my education there with the evidence and criminal procedure. And that's where it kind of focused me uh, to pursue uh, a career in uh, the the criminal side of the legal work. It's really interesting how people evolve in terms of their interests and their careers all within the you know, sort of general legal world framework. Yeah, it was, you know, when I got to law school, I, I think the mock mock trial and the trial work and things of that nature, it kind of satisfied my competitive urges, I guess, that I maybe still have left over from competing in, uh, you know, college athletics. Uh, right. So that's I kind of found an outlet for that. And you know, it did provide me with uh, some success in my, my trial work. Initially, when I went to the Los Angeles District Attorney's Office out of law school, I tried a lot of cases down there, which, given the, the volume that they have in Los Angeles County, it pretty well. How did you go from McGeorge in Sacramento to Los Angeles County District Attorney? Just, uh, you know, during the interview process, I was interviewing with primarily district attorney's offices, and they had a senior law clerk program through the Los Angeles district attorney's office. And they accepted me and had some other friends moving down to Southern California. I was married at the time. I had got married after my second year of law school. My wife ended up getting a job down in Southern California. So we decided to take a shot and, and move, move down there. How did that work out? It worked out very good. It was a, it was a great office opportunity for a lot of experience. As I mentioned, you know, they quite a bit of volume of criminal cases coming through the office. So if you wanted to work, there was definitely the work there for you. It was, it was fun. You know, you could just go down to one of the calendar departments, hang out, talk to the calendar deputies. They would tell you, Hey, this case here might be going to trial this afternoon. And you start reading it and Next thing you know, three hours later, you're in trial. So it was it was a great experience, a lot of great training opportunities. The DA's office at that time had some tremendous career deputy prosecutors just with some phenomenal experience. So I enjoyed my time there immensely. Yeah, there's something to be said for working in a really busy, big city office. Yeah, the you know, the, like I mentioned, the the opportunity to sit down and speak to a DA, fellow prosecutor, who's has you know thirty years of experience. When you're, you know, in your second year, 
in the office is a phenomenal opportunity. How long were you at the Los Angeles DA's office before you came to Alameda County? About, let's see, I want to say, I actually joined Alameda County the day before Loma Prieta. Wow. Uh, so I was, I was in L.A. for about two years, came up here in October, started on a Monday down in Oakland, and the second day was uh, Loma, that was the Loma Prieta, the first day of the World Series. Or no, I'm sorry, it was game, game three of the World Series, I think. I remember that. So how long did you stay in Alameda County DA's office? A short time. We were trying to sell our house down in Southern California. I was doing the, the Southwest Airline commute. So I was working up here. I'd fly home for the weekend. My wife was still down there. We just had a our first child was about five months, six months old. So that part was a little difficult. So I did that for probably about five months and we just never were able to sell our home down in uh, Southern California. Uh, so eventually I went back uh, to LA DA, stayed there another five years and then eventually moved back to Alameda County and started my own practice at that time. So your stint in the Alameda County DA's office was fairly short. Yeah, about probably five months. I, I would Yes, I think it was from October to February of, I started in October of 1989. And then I think I went back to LADA sometime around February or March of 1990. Well, they must have really liked you in LA if they took you back that easily. Well, it was kind of a joke with my boss at the time. He said when I left, he said if it didn't work out, you know, to give him a call. And from the time I left to the time I Gave him the call back. He'd been appointed to assistant deputy district attorney. So he was like the number three guy in the office, which kind of eased my transition back into the office. Well, it's good to have friends in high places. (laughs) It certainly worked out at that time for me. What do you really like about practicing law? The the opportunity in both sides, really, as a prosecutor and as a defense attorney, the opportunity to help somebody when they're, they're in a tough spot. Given on the prosecutor side, you're dealing more so with the victims, but it's a, it's a difficult time in their lives for them. And then on the defense side, you're de- again dealing with somebody who's in a, in a different difficult position, and you're trying to help them out as best you can. You know, protect them either from a victim standpoint or a one who has been charged with a criminal act. Well, at some point, you left the Los Angeles County District Attorney's office and. Where did you go from there? During my time in Alameda County, I met Jim McGrail, who I mentioned previously. And he had, we'd run into each other over the years when I was still down in uh, Los Angeles. And he said, if I ever come back to, to look him up, he had moved on to private practice. I gave Jim a call and that's when I started uh, my own practice and, and went out and started doing uh, criminal defense work. How did that go initially? It went, it went well. For me, it was easier to, to deal with a criminal than it was some of the uh, divorced people I was working with. Yeah, well, uh, they, so, they say that in criminal law, you see bad people at their best, and in family law, you see good people at their worst. Yeah. But I was, well, for me, it was easier dealing with the, the bad people at their best, I guess, if that's the, the same. Yeah, no, you know, uh, for the most part, criminals, people charged with crimes, 
primarily, you know, percentage wise, they're, they're guilty. And when you deal with people who've been through the system a few times, you know, they know the game is probably just about as well as you do. How did you feel about moving from being a criminal prosecutor to being on the other side of things? It was not that difficult for me. I made a commitment to my wife primarily that I, I wouldn't do uh, homicide as a, a defense attorney. But the way I viewed it is I believe in the system. And I, I felt my job primarily as both a prosecutor and a defense attorney is to make sure the system works. It works the way it's supposed to be. I was trained uh, as a prosecutor to always do the right thing. Do you think the legal system is fair? Well, there's, there's the human element involved, Lou, so that always plays a, a significant role. The, the power of the government is, is unmatched by a criminal defendant, and no, no matter their, their wealth. And unfortunately, we deal with a lot of people who don't have the wealth to fight the government. What about the business of practicing law? How's that gone for you, and how has it either met or differed from expectations that you may have had about it? That's been probably the, the biggest challenge. They, you know, they don't have classes in law school on, you know, how to run a business, you know, criminal defense practice or anything of that nature. I think I, it was beneficial that I hooked up with Jim McGrail. He keeps coming up in this conversation, but he played a, a pretty big role with me. Jim was a very successful businessman and attorney. So I think, you know, sharing office space with him for five or six years that, that I did, he helped me uh, tremendously in that respect. I've also been fortunate that, you know, my wife is also employed. So the financial pressures of, you know, just being solely placed upon me as I, as I pursue my practice was not always there. So that definitely made things easier for me. How has practicing law affected your family life? I mean, you have a wife, you have kids. I think probably, well, it's been probably there's been some positives and probably some some challenges. The positives is when I became a private defense attorney, it made it possible at times to control your own calendar. So I was able to manage that as best I could and be part of things my, my kids were interested in growing up, you know, coaching Little League and things of that nature with my kids and and being there for them as, as, as best I could. So that was probably the, the main positive from a personal standpoint was the ability to control your own calendar and, and be there for, for my kids and my wife as best I could. Is there anything that you know now that you really wished you knew before you started the endeavor of practicing law? I think, you know, having spent the time in the DA's office as a prosecutor, you know, I, I dealt with the defense attorney, so I kind of had a pretty good idea. I think the main thing that I did not anticipate coming back from L.A. is that I did not have the professional relationships with the legal community here in Alameda County. You know, so I didn't know most of the prosecutors, didn't know most of the defense attorneys, knew very few of the, you know, the bench officers. So I think that that was a challenge for me in the, in the early part. Obviously, that has changed uh, through the years as I have established those relationships. 
But I think initially that was probably uh, one of the things I did not anticipate and I, I thought would be a lot easier for me. But there was definitely a tr- period of transition there. Having those personal relationships is is really quite important, don't you think? I, I do. And I, th- you know, I think everybody has kind of a, a little bit different twist on how they approach the defense of their of their client. But I think it does start with those relationships. That's often why I've many times I've referred friends to seek counsel in in a local community if it's if they you know picked up a case you know some ways away. If I felt that there might be a better opportunity for a local uh, attorney to provide a, a better resolution for them. I've just certainly discussed that with those people in those situations, but the relationships do play a, a pretty significant role, I think. And I, I believe, I believe it's been a big part of, of the success that I've had. Yeah. I think that it has too, both for you and, and, and for myself. I mean, I, I think that, you know, knowing the people you're dealing with and having some kind of trust and relationship with them, whether they're DAs or, co-counsel or judges it's 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 very important to have that understanding of of the other individuals yeah you know i think as you as you go through the the process with the the local attorneys and the judges as you mentioned you get a feeling for what they what they value what they believe is important you've you've heard other counsel present arguments in defense of their client you know, some prosecutors are more receptive to drug treatment programs. Some are not. So you get a feel for which ones may be receptive to certain types of arguments, and you figure out the best way to uh, present those to each each individual prosecutor. Have you had any travel experience outside the state, outside the country that you'd like to share? I was fortunate to have two of my kids play college golf. Wow. Uh, so through yeah. their travels or their, their, their careers as college athletes and even junior golfers went on some pretty good trips. My daughter was invited to play in a tournament in St. Andrews, Scotland. So we get, we turned that into a family boondoggle. But my wife and I, we've traveled a little bit, not not nearly as much as we've liked to, but been to Europe a few times, would certainly hope to do that. We're, we was planning on it doing that last year, but that did not work out. And then I guess not. We have a place in Maui. So we go to go to Hawaii uh, quite a bit, try and get over there a couple, three, three times, four times a year. Oh, that's nice. That's great. Yeah. What sort of recreational pursuits do you enjoy? I mean, I know you grew up playing baseball and your kids are involved in golf, but what about for yourself now? I play a little bit of golf, so that's primarily my main activity. I like to go to Tahoe, do some hiking, and I used to hunt uh, quite a bit with my dad growing up in Pleasanton. We hunted quite a bit around here, just upland game birds, and then hunted out of Tahoe for quite a bit. For, for deer. So I like to go into the backcountry, either just hiking or I have a 53, 1953 Willys. Really? That, uh, yeah. So I like to take that back into the backcountry and, and just try and, you know, go, go some places where not too many people have been. That's one of my dream vehicles. Does it have the fold down windshield? It does. Yes, it does. 
So yeah, that's my dad picked that up in the late 60s. He bought that. And so we had it for a number of years. And then he finally gave it to me. That's a very fun little vehicle. If you couldn't be a lawyer, is there some other job or profession that you think you would like to do? It, it might be uh, teaching. You know, I've, I've enjoyed, I know you mentioned at the, at the top there that I have a little bit of a focus on uh, juveniles. So that's, that's been something uh, I've enjoyed working with. I've enjoyed coaching. And then I, I, I've enjoyed the, the ju- juvenile part of my practice. What's where, the, what is about the juvenile practice that has attracted you? Just, I think it's just the opportunity to try and help somebody. You know, you, there you have young kids. I certainly, uh, as a young kid, you know, made some poor choices. And, you know, I, I try and uh, do the best I can to make sure that the, the mistake that they made that, that brought them to that uh, particular time and place, that it is, is it has a minimal impact on, on their future going forward. Yeah, I think in the juvenile court, you really you really can catch people before they've moved into behaviors that are going to create criminal problems for them for the rest of their lives. And I think it does feel really good to be able to intervene on some level at that point. Yeah. So that's, that's probably where I would, would have ended up as in teaching or, you know, some type of coaching. I coached when I left Sac State, my first year of McGeorge, I coached a freshman high school baseball team up in Sacramento. And that was a lot of fun. So that may have been the the path that I've, I took if the, the legal side didn't work out. If you came into some real money, let's say you came into three or $4 billion, what, if anything, would you do differently in your life? I would definitely set up some foundations to try and do some things to, to help people as best I could, you know, starting with the juveniles in lower income communities. That's Something I've always you know, thought of, of trying to do if I ever did come into a bunch of money. Let's say you had a magic wand that was one thing in the world that you could change, legal or otherwise. What, what would that be? Well, I think I think right now, obviously, it would it would have to do something with this virus. If if I had something where I had the power to to get rid of this last year, you know, I have an 89 year old mother, and I'm sure. There's lots of people that have the, the challenges that have gone through this last year have just been unimaginable. But my, you know, mother's pretty much been in the house for a year. But yeah, if there's one thing I could change, I think it would be the, the this last year. Where do you see yourself going professionally forward? That's a very good question, Lou. I'm I'm in the process of slowing down a little bit. I think right now, so I'm I'm looking perhaps for. My next challenge, next chapter, still staying involved in, in criminal defense, but probably not quite as involved as I am right now. But that's that's something I'm trying to figure out. Uh, you know, I turn 60 here in about a month and a half. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out where the, the next journey will take me. Dean Shotwell, thank you so much for joining me today on the Love Lie Lawyer podcast. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Lewis, uh, thank you so much for having having me. I really appreciate you thinking about me and reaching out. It's, it was it was very enjoyable. That's it for today's episode of Love Thy Lawyer. If you enjoyed listening, please share it with a friend and subscribe to the podcast. If you have comments or suggestions, send me an email. I promise I'll respond. 
to take a look at our website at lovethylawyer.com, where you can find all of our episodes, transcripts, photographs, and information. Thanks, as always, to my guests who share their wisdom, and to Joel Katz for music, Brian Matheson for technical support, and Tracy Harvey. I'm Lewis Goodman. Part of my job to to fight as best I can to protect my clients from being overwhelmed uh, by the government.